Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now your host, Dr. Barry. And welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, your favorite board certified internist, founder of drpierre.com, as well as the CEO of Pierre Medical Consulting, helping you empower yourself with better health with the number one podcast for patient advocacy, affirmation, as well as education. This week, I get to bring you a special episode with my mentee, Dr. Brooke Williams, who is a third-year medical resident out of Chicago, Illinois currently, but she's going to be going back to her home state of North Carolina. Dr. Williams has developed a passion for bringing awareness to physician burnout as well as mental health awareness. She has a philosophy, I too am a minority, which helps promote multicultural awareness in graduate medical education by supporting the principles of increasing cultural competency, reducing racial health disparities, and advocating for increased representation and underrepresented minorities, right? So this is going to be an amazing episode, guys. Again, I've talked a lot about mentorship and really the importance of mentorship. Those who have been, you know, following me from the beginning know that I wouldn't have started on the journey that I've been uh, and it really got to the level that I've gotten to without my coach. Shout out to you, Dr. Dre, who um, helped kind of open my eyes, uh, you know, remove the blinders off me and help, uh, you know, take me out of the box that I used to put myself in. So I always, always make it a point to be able to reach back and, you know, give any support I can, especially to people who I know are working hard and wanting to kind of get to where I get to, right? So Dr. Williams uh, is going to be an amazing discussion today. And what we're going to do today is we're actually going to have one of our mentor-mentee sessions, you're right. We're actually going to go through what we typically go through when we meet and have a discussion and kind of talk about, you know, everything Dr. Williams related. So I can't wait for you guys to get a chance to kind of listen in on our conversation. Again, this isn't uh, a scripted one where like we, we're going to say stuff that we wouldn't say on our typical uh, calls, right? We're going to actually kind of break down the process that I typically go through when I'm working with her, when I'm, you know, kind of getting into her business and trying to get her to that next level. Because again, she doesn't have uh, much longer to go, depending on when you listen to this. And she's going to be in attending soon. And there's a lot of responsibilities that come when you become an attending. So I'm trying to mentally get her ready and prepared for that. Like always, if you have not had a chance, make sure to subscribe to the podcast. Uh, give me a five-star review. If you are watching me right now on YouTube, shout out to my YouTube subscribers and appreciate all of your love and support. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, give me the thumbs up uh, as well. Throw a comment. Say, hey, I'm watching on YouTube under the comment just so I know uh, everything is uh, going well on that side. So uh, with further ado, get ready for another amazing episode here on the Lunch Learn with Dr. Barry. This episode is brought to you by the Lunch and Learn Community Store, where we are living out the motto, empower yourself for better health. In the Lunch and Learn Community Store, you can get your favorite t-shirts, ebooks, as well as other related products by Dr. Barry. Head over to shop.drpiersblog.com and get a chance to get 10% off your first purchase by using the coupon code EMPOWER10. Again, shop.drpiersblog.com. Live out the motto, empower yourself for better health. All right, Lunch Learn community, you just heard another amazing introduction uh, from one of my mentees, right? It's actually the first time I've had I think, a mentee on uh, the uh, podcast. And I thought it was important, guys, you know, I preach 
uh, the importance of having a mentee and the need for a mentee. So why not have uh, one of my own? And we're actually going to kind of go through our own session uh, to kind of, you know, get a deep dive of, you know, kind of what's going on. We're going to get into a business uh, with Dr. Williams. Again, Dr. Williams, thank you for coming uh, on the show today. Of course. Thank you, Dr. Pierre, for having me. I'm so excited to, you know, share our uh, personal session so so many people can learn about, you know, how mentorship is, why it's so important and, you know, how to actually have a mentee and vice versa, how a mentee should treat their mentor. So, Oh, most really important. Really I, I love it. And I, I love it because a lot of times, especially when I talk to, you know, people who are look, looking for mentors, um, a lot of times the mentees always think like it's this one sided situation where like, you know, they got to kind of give their all to the mentor. Uh, but uh, like I said, it's, it's kind of a, a two way street, right? Like if your mentor isn't giving into you as much as you're giving into them, right? Like that relationship is never going to be good. And so, uh, and again, right. Dr. Williams does not have that problem. Uh, so we have, we have no, no. issues, <laughs> no issues of concern. No, we don't, there. we don't. So, um, I gave a little bit of your bio into your introduction, but you know, there's people who always skip the introduction. They get right to the main episode. Um, so Dr. Williams or Dr. Brooke, however you want to be called. Right. Um, and I, I do this all the time, especially for my uh, physician friends. I'll call them by the first name. I'll call them by the last name. Um, however, it's more comfortable to you. We'll, we'll do it that way. Yeah, first name is fine. Yes, yes, doctor. So with Doctor Brooke, right? Because we got to keep the doctor. We got yes. to show that level of importance. Um, yeah. So give give someone you know something that they may not have caught in your bio that they say you know they're gonna walk away and say oh you know what I, I think I know who Doctor Brooke is. Um, well. Of course, you know, mentorship is important to me. Um, that's kind of like already established because we're doing this podcast. But particularly, I like to be a mentor myself. I actually started a nonprofit in Chicago my second year of residency, which was a huge undertaking. Um, shout out to my co-founder, Desiree, Dr. Desiree Leach. Um, she was definitely a main, um, reasons to how we spearheaded this project. Um, so basically we just have a nonprofit that helps increase, uh, minority awareness and increasing underrepresentation within medicine and STEM. Uh, Dr. Leach actually has her PhD and she works at Northwestern. So two black females coming together, um, one on each side of medicine and just wanting to kind of give back to the community, specifically with the um, Chicago public school system and just mentoring kids, um, really allowing um, for kids to see how important it is to see someone like them. And the crazy thing is, is I actually had a dinner with a few of my mentees at my ho uh, hospital last week. And I kind of had like this aha moment. Um, one is a neurologist, uh, two of them are gastroenterologists. And I used to be interested in GI, but I have to be completely honest, in med school, I hated neurology. I think most people <laughs> dread, 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 dread that course. But when I did the rotation with her in December, and, you know, this is third year, and for anyone listening, um, neurology is its own, has its own residency. So you don't, you know, go through it traditionally through internal medicine. And Dr. P, I don't know if your residents go through it or not, but honestly, like, I felt like someone who... I guess how people look at me as like, oh my God, I want to be that one day. And, but I'm a, you know, a third year resident. I was like, you know what? Like if I would have seen her and actually got to be with her, I would have considered neurology. Mm. And 
I think a lot of that has to do with like seeing someone who looks like me and who can, you know, stand her ground. She has her PhD and MD and she is, you know, all the way put together. And it really does make a difference. And, you know, unfortunately in this world, um, there are a lot of biases uh, that we all um, encounter, but it definitely does help um, when you get to see someone who's able to carry themselves out and who you could one day hope to see yourself uh, look like as well. So again, I did not like neurology as a student, but when I did this, you know, rotation as a third year resident, I was like, well, maybe I should have given neurology, you know, a chance. So, you know, that just goes to show that everyone's watching you, no matter how big or small you think you are, um, you definitely are influential to people around you. And the reason I love that is because I think a lot of times um, we don't understand, especially when we're we're kind of in our motion, um, that's the level of importance of modeling is, right? And I think especially when when you're a mentee or your mentor, right? Either way, understanding that the way you walk, the way you carry yourself can really influence someone's whole trajectory, whole life. And I, I remember I was a, I was an undergrad. I remember I was an undergrad. I was kind of wandering aimlessly at Florida State. Like I, t- I was telling everybody I was going to be a doctor. I had no clue whatsoever how to be a doctor. Like, it, and like especially when I think about it, I was like, oh, like it's crazy that I'm actually a doctor today because I had no clue about an MCAT test. I had no clue about like study. Like I, I just figured like by the time I graduate, I just apply somewhere and then someone kind of accepts me. And I remember, right, right, right. it was crazy. I remember I was in, I think I was in a career center. I was in a career center and I, you know, I told uh, the, the career person there, I was like, oh yeah, she was, she was like, what do you want to do? I was like, oh, I want to be a doctor. I was like, oh, well, are you a part of this organization and that organization, that organization? And I had no clue uh, the organization she was naming. And I was like, oh, okay. All right. Clearly I am definitely a step uh, behind where I need to be. And uh, she, thankfully, right. Thankfully, shout out to you, Miss Anderson. Um, she took me under her wings and she said, like, no, 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 you're going to be a part. Of, I need you to be a part of this organization, which happened to be MAPS, uh, which is kind of a student organization for Student National Medical Association, which I've talked about on this podcast before is hands down the best organization ever. Um, and I, yeah. that's probably and that's probably yeah. just that's probably all bias. Right. But like I like I truly believe if not for Miss Anderson, not for MAPS, not for SNMA, I would not be standing in front of you today. Right. So I, I, I definitely carry that that mantle. Um, uh, you know, kind of moving forward. And and then, like you said, when you talk about career choices, like I remember when I first started uh, at medical school and I was like, oh, you know, I don't know. I knew I wanted to do uh, some type of clinic or outpatient medicine or something. And I started hanging around a lot more people, especially in, in, in internal medicine. And, you know, especially one of my, my mentees, uh, mentors, uh, who we're actually going to, we're, we're definitely going to talk about in a couple of minutes. Um, he was uh, a huge factor, probably like 95% of the reason why I became an internist in general, right? Because uh, just seeing him, seeing how he would carry himself, carry himself during conversations, just how crazy smart he was. I was like, oh, like if I could be anyone like like this guy, Dr. Hasty, shout out to you, Dr. Hasty. Like I'm, I'd be good. Like if I could just be like 70%, I didn't even need to be the full hundred. If I could be like 70%, uh, I'd be good uh, if I was around Dr. Hasty's level, right? So definitely having that, that modeling mentorship it's so important. And like you said, it, you probably could have been a neurologist right now um, if you happened to have like ran into her uh, before everything else kind of came into play. 
Right, right. It's just, I mean, it's crazy because again, you know, never say never. Uh, but it just the whole modeling um, behaviors. It's it's imperative, you know. It's reasons as to why, you know, in medicine, you tend to gravitate towards people that you get along well with, who you know you have a good experience with. Regardless of maybe if you didn't like, you know, the rotation, i.e. neurology or not, but, you know, it is very important. And or someone who's younger and, you know, if they see you have a good attitude, have a good encounter, they're like, hmm, maybe I can be a doctor, you know, or I want to be like that. And it's just it's with any learned behavior, you know, people are always watching. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I love it. And so I want to like, especially kind of bring, especially if people, they may not follow us on IG. If you don't follow us on IG, please correct that. Um, like ASAP. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> um, and of course, like always, you don't got to write nothing down. All of our information will be in the show. My, my information, you should know I'm at Dr. Bayer Pierre everywhere. Um, her information will definitely be everywhere in the show notes as well too. Um, so make sure you follow her like ASAP, like, Press pause, follow, and then come back uh, for, for that standpoint. So, but if they for some reason didn't catch the IG, um, like let's let's tell tell kind of I guess tell let's tell lunch learning community right, like kind of how we first kind of got together and you know got to this point where we've established this amazing uh, relationship. Oh yeah, so um, like you mentioned, Dr. Hasty, who was uh, fundamental in your uh, medical you know journey. Um, he was definitely very, um, influential in mine as well. And, um, I was fortunate enough to meet him at Campbell University School of Osteopathic Medicine. I was part of the first class and, you know, all of the, um, professors and, um, faculty definitely took a, you know, huge role and felt like it was a necessity to definitely help us get to where we wanted to go. And Dr. Hasty was definitely one of those people, you know, I would be like, oh, hey, can we have, uh, for example, Dr. Barbara Rossley speak for our SMA chapter um, and he'll make it happen. Um, so he definitely saw um, my vision. And it's really good to have someone who believes in your ideas, even if they can be, you know, so far fetched, you know, so crazy. There's plenty of times people are like, uh, I don't think you can get her. And we, he was able to get Dr. Um, William Anderson, who was civil, civil rights leader, actually friends with Dr. Martin Luther King, marched with him. Um, we, he was able to get him. And, you know, just those are just two but of many people that Dr. Hasey was able to net, network me with. And he has always been in my corner. I can text him at 2 a.m. and best believe he will respond at 205. Yes. Um, so when <laughs> I was telling me, him, and, and she is she is not lying. There's a time like, hey, yes. Casey, what do you think about? No, very. It's okay. Come yes. on, relax. <laughs> yep. Yep. And so um, fast forward um, throughout my medical journey, I have shown interest in wanting to have some type of social media influence. Um, I've always been a quote unquote people person, which I think you kind of have to be to be in medicine, but I definitely wanted to do it on a different, um, different viewpoint. And whether that be, you know, actually on TV, on radio, um, or just having an influence to mentees and people who look up to me, um, again, with the whole mentorship, 
he was like, oh, I have a former student, um, Dr. Pierre, who I think you guys would definitely um, mesh well with. And literally the rest is history. You know, he hooked us up um, through email and, you know, gave me introduction, uh, introduction. And yeah, we literally, it felt like I had known Dr. Pierre for years. Yes. Um, you know, he's, he's really good at, you know, putting together personalities and being able to read that. And, and of course that's important to any type of relationship you have, but, um, yeah, it was a perfect match and we literally have been talking since. So yeah, shout out to yes. Dr. Hasty. Shout out to Dr. <laughs> Hasty. Yes, and and it's it's crazy because he he for me Dr. Hasty knows he does not have to ask me like things twice. All I got was uh, it was either a text message or email. I forget what it was uh, when the first time. It's like, hey, I got this person. I think you need to meet. Take her on the wing. Do what you got. And I like, oh sure. Like I didn't even, I didn't even have to ask because I knew if he was given a cosign, like that's all I needed, right? Like if I got a Dr. Right. Hasty cosign, like that was. I was I was a uh, good money uh, there, and 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 that's why it's, I think it's important, especially because we talk a lot about the mentor mentee relationship, right? The importance of being able to show up, right? Because when your mentor calls, when your mentee calls for you, right, like you have to be able to kind of show up and kind of show out, right? Like and you know be about the action and being able to you know help help whoever that is take that next level, the next step. And when I when I see a lot of relationships, mentor mentee relationships, like don't do well or don't last, a lot of times it's because you know someone on one end isn't showing up when they're required to show up, right? So, uh, and and I can tell you when I tell you, Dr. Brooks, she was uh, emailing, she wanted to know, she was like, no one can meet. She was like, it wasn't. And again, I get, I get, trust me, I get mentee requests all the time. Trust me, all the time I get mentee requests, <laughs> uh, whether it be Facebook, uh, Instagram, whatever. I get. Um, and, and I always know how serious they are versus how serious they're contacting me, right? Like they may hit me one time and I never hear from them again. I'm like, Oh, okay. All right. That's fine. Um, but like when I knew doctor, I, when I knew, first of all, I knew she was going to be serious when she was like, no, no, no. Like we need to meet. Let's meet at this time. We need to say I'm, I'm good. And then I think our first conversation, I was at, I was at work. I was definitely at work uh, during our first conversation, but I could just hear how excited she was right. about the potential. Uh, relationship and that got me even more hard right because like i said if if you're hype about it like i there's no reason why i should not myself uh be hype right so it was it was really like you know uh, you know kind of match made in heaven and again like i said we've been uh, kind of talking and reversing and really trying to help uh kind of really each other grow right because like i said um it's a two-way street right like a lot of times mentors think that you know they're the ones giving their all to the mentee, but that's 100% not true, right? Like your mentee will help you grow and learn about yourself and learn about them and be able to kind of care for others, right? Because that's really the goal, right? As a physician, we set out to kind of serve others, right? So um, when you can serve someone kind of in in your niche, in your ballpark, right? She, again, she just happens to be an internal medicine resident, right? I happen to be an internal medicine physician, right? Like it's just, and again, Dr. Hasty happens to be internal medicine, right? Like it's just something that just happens to kind of click um, so it, it just really made the relationship much more, uh, as, as much easier, right? Like I said, it, it's not even a chore, right? Uh, it, it's one of those things where like we, like I just love talking to her, right? I love, uh, you know, kind of saying like, all right, what are we doing here? Like, what do we do? What's going to be the next level? And just kind of waiting uh, for that next conversation. And and I think that's right. why, you know, we got here, right? Like, because I wanted to be able to, 
um, not only show people like, yes, the importance of mentorship, but like really we're actually guys, we're actually gonna, if you're listening, we're gonna actually gonna run through one of our sessions, right? So we're actually gonna break down exactly what we kind of be talking about, right? Just so you guys know it's not fluff, right? Like, you know, we really be trying to like get some work in. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, no, that's, that's always the goal. Always, always the goal here. And, so, you know, we we like to share. Well, I mean, we're open book, and I think that's important to um, let the viewers know, like, this is real life. There's no there's yes. no fluff to our session. Yes, yes, no, no. We're like, like, what are we doing? Why didn't we do it? Like, it's because you have to be, right? Because if you're, if you're not going to, you know, you know, be in a position, right, to, you know, help your mentor, mentee kind of grow, right? Like you're not, you're, you're not doing them uh, the, the best justice, right? Like you have to be able to kind of be on them and, you know, be that push when they need to push, uh, you know, pull someone up when they need to be pulled up. Cause that's, that's, that's kind of how we do. Cause medicine's, medicine's crazy, right? And, and she's a third year resident, right? Guys, she's ready to finish. Like it's, it's so, <laughs> like, so the, that, you know, that light is getting so bright, um, so you, and, but what she doesn't realize when I've been trying to tell her like, yeah, that light is bright, but like, Ooh, you got a lot of work on that back end. Like a lot of work's about to hit you and you don't even know. Yeah. It yet, right. So we've been, we've been definitely coaching each other say like, Hey, the, the work is coming, the work is coming, but because we're prepared for the work. Right. And that's really the goal because we're prepared. We're going to be fine. Like that's not going to be an issue whatsoever. We know the work is coming and we're going to be prepared for it to go. Yes. Yes. So what we typically do is um, with Dr. Brooke, I kind of break her down to like four different parts, right? Because as a physician, um, a lot of times our character and identity usually kind of gets pigeonholed into the fact that like we're just a doctor, right? And to the point where it looks, it, people almost seem weirded out when you do something that's outside of you being a doctor. And our goal, especially from the beginning when I told her is that you know, if you want to branch out, you want to kind of, you know, be the person you want to be, you have to kind of, one, let people know, like, no, just don't look at me, right, as Dr. Brick Williams, right? Like, look at me as this person who does A, B, C, and D, right? So um, that's kind of how our our sessions are kind of structured. Um, we'll start out with, you know, her just kind of talking about her, the resident, and then we'll lead on to her being the attending. Um, and then we go on to, you know, she kind of mentioned it, right, which again, which is so boss, right, that she, um, she co-founded a nonprofit organization which is absolutely crazy when I think about it. Like I have a nonprofit organization, but I didn't do that till I was an attending, right? She did it as a second year medical student. So I want y'all guys to, you know, give a virtual clap for that because that's absolutely uh, crazy. Uh, so shout out, to, again, shout out Thank to her, you. Color of Medicine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, link will be in the show notes uh, for, for that aspect. And then we just talk about just like kind of the general branding uh, because unfortunately in medicine, we don't get taught that, right? Like we're taught to be the spokesman of health care, but no one teaches us actually how to be that spokesman. They just say, hey, you're a spokesman. You're supposed to represent all the medicine, uh, especially because we're black, right? So we represent all of black medicine. And then she's a woman, right? So she represents all of black medicine and being a woman, right? So she's got a lot of hats uh, that she's been, that's been thrust upon her. Uh, and we're just trying to make sure she can balance them all. I really appreciate that, Dr. Kier, because <laughs> we definitely have some uh, talking to, to do today. Yes, yes. So let's let's talk about, obviously, you being a resident, right? So what, what block uh, rotation are we on right now? We are currently on rheumatology, better known as rheumatology, yes. for those who not been, uh, yes, yes, yes. haven't heard of rheumatology yet. Um, it is 
definitely um, one of those different fields. Um, being in internal medicine, you know, we kind of like our evidence-based, you know, uh, A plus B equals C. Um, and rheumatology, unfortunately, is not like that. It is a lot of blurred lines. Um, there's a lot of, well, it can be, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, uh, <laughs> it is is quite interesting, but it is uh, very important uh, for clinical practice and most um, importantly, the most, like, the uh, upcoming thing for me is boards, and rheumatology is heavily tested, um, you know, whether that be for your step three, your complex, um, all the way up into your IM boards, which I'm currently studying for. Um, it's just one of those topics that it affects all um, body systems. So it's easily uh, testable. And, you know, I was looking at the percent of breakdown and it's actually, you know, it's not as heavy as cardiology or GI, but it is, I want to say probably third or fourth highest tested uh, system. And again, that doesn't include, you know, looking at the the cardiology system and applying uh, a autoimmune disorder to that. So there's a lot of overlap. And so, I'm just trying to get learn the most I can out of the rotation. I didn't do it as a fourth year student, but you know, I, I did it to tell in the fourth year, and everyone knows how fourth year medical school is. You are literally on cruise control. Cruise. So especially, this, especially once you get once you get past once you get past auditions, because uh, I, I tell people all the time, fourth year is the worst year of your medical school life until after auditions. Because once after, after auditions is that now you're just like, okay, now uh, now let's go. <laughs> Right, right. It is just, you know, and maybe it didn't deserve to be doing it uh, after auditions and rank and all that matching. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, this is important right now. And it's the same thing with third year residency. You start getting quote unquote burned out. You know, you kind of hopefully uh, only have one more floor month or one more IC month left at this point. And you're just trying to get through. You're starting to interview for jobs and apply for boards and get ready for fellowship if that's what you decided to do. So it's, but it's really important to try to still kind of, um, to make sure that you're still focused on day to day and learning and using this, you know, half million dollar, uh, uh, investment that you have yes. put into. So, yes. you know, it's, it's easy to kind of get lost in that and see, put a dollar sign to that. So you have already invested in these days. So you might as well make use of your coins. So, so how, how are we doing as far as our uh, board setting? Last time, um, you know, we were having kind of a, a questions. We were doing questions for the boards. We were talking about Mixat. We were talking about med study. Uh, how, how are we doing as far as that front? So board studying is slow and steady. Um, I am still, you know, you're always behind. So like, you know, I think we should even throw out that term being behind. Mm-hmm. I am trying to do questions every day. I would say just like working out at probably five out of seven days. Um, with rheumatology, uh, my attending actually gives me homework, like legitimate homework where we have like quizzes on the board, like quiz of the day. 
Oh, that's so too he, funny. It actually, shout, yeah, out, like, shout out to that attending. Shout out to that attending. Yes. <laughs> yes, he is very, very engaged um, in resident fellow learning, which is important. Again, it's all investment. And so um, that really pushes me to do questions, read um, pretty much every single night. And even though this is an elective, I think I've worked maybe just as hard, maybe harder than, you know, your traditional four months. Because four months, you know, oh, you, wow. you don't read it, you come home. Because <laughs> you're so tired. You're just trying to get through the day. So, yeah, this has been, you know, a very impact impactful uh, month for my board study. Um, I'm still using MixApp. Um, I'm probably a little bit more than halfway done with it. Um, I actually nice. redid my schedule yesterday. So my goal is to try to be done by March because my program actually um, will purchase New World for um, the third year residents. And, you know, New World, just like for, again, all the steps, all the complexes, is one of those two banks that um, give you great questions. And I was actually talking to one of my co residents. If you kind of look at it, New World doesn't have a board review course. They just use questions. So it's a method to their madness. I definitely think that their questions, they only have a QBank for a reason and right. that most people use their QBank for a reason and, you know, are pretty successful on it. So I'm going to use that at their med, um, um, mix up. And for my supplemental reading, I've been using the med studies books. I personally like the way they read. It's like someone is literally talking to you like, having a conversation um and so for my like just way i like to study how i like to read and regurgitate information um i felt like med study was um more helpful for me than um the mixed up books but everyone's different and that's what you have to you have definitely um uh made sure that i realized that going forward and Everyone always tells you, don't try to look at what other people are doing. Of uh-huh. course, it's good to get, you know, some type of advice, but you can get really lost in, oh, I did this, I did that, and also using a lot of material. Yes, technically, I'm using several resources, but I'm picking specific things out of those resources. Out so resources, right. I'm not doing the, I'm not doing messy questions. I'm just using the books for stuff I want to read if I need be, if I need to. Mix app is just kind of like, you know, the golden standard, yep. everyone knows it to be, you know, ACP. So to get through that QBank baseline was one of my goals and using New World as another supplemental QBank after I finish my pass through MixApp, because also we use MixApp questions to board of you um, during our residency. So a lot of times you've seen the question. So, you know, if you've seen the question once, even if, you know, you've read the explanation, you're probably going to remember the question if you see it again. So right. it's not really doing you that Making much new justice. information. Right, right. So that's why I wanted to pick another QBank. And then I also, and not everyone does this, but I'm going to do a board review course. Um, I've been doing some research. That, again, there's plenty out there. Uh, John Hopkins has one at Cleveland Clinic. Um, ACP has got one. Med one. Study. ACP, yeah, May there's so many. There's so um, many. Now, are you, are you planning on doing yours uh, online or on site? I want to do it on site. Mm-hmm. There is this board of view course called Awesome Board of View. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. Um, no, they're based out of 
speak through New York and New Jersey. And uh, one of the Facebook groups I'm actually part of, someone had asked about ABIM Board of View course. And someone had mentioned the awesome Board of View course. And one of my co-residents had mentioned it. And they, someone had commented and was like, it, they felt like they had the cheat sheet for ABIM Board. Like, that's how good the course was. Oh, nice. And it's one, uh, one gentleman who teaches the course um, it's either over the span of two weekends or a full week. Um, and, of course, you know, it's long days. But if I can do something to kind of re-solidify everything that I have learned and just building up confidence, um, I think that's the, the, the biggest thing for me is to build my confidence not to reteach me. Or teach me the first time through a board course because you know that would just that would be overwhelming. Send you down, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that would be so much. What I I love is what's so important is the fact that you're recognizing we and we've uh, lunch learning community. We've kind of talked about this as well, especially in this stage of our mentorship, as far as under the resident tab, is that it is very easy to get overwhelmed with the amount of ways you can study for this exam. Um, there's so many different testing modalities, so many different ways, and you have to know yourself. You have to know what works best for you, even before you start anything, because if you don't, you, then you end up, you know, spending crazy amounts of money, you know, on multiple question banks, multiple study guides, multiple books, all of these things here, because you're not sure. And when, when I see, when I, when I talk to a lot of mentees and I see that level of uncertainty, those are the ones who typically will, you know, buy like four or five different things, right? That are essentially doing the same exact thing because they're just really not confident in themselves. So having a level of confidence is first and foremost, uh, the most important thing when you get into this board study aspect. And we, we talked uh, in one of our earlier sessions about kind of setting a schedule for it, which is why, um, you know, she said like uh, she feels she's quote unquote behind. But I can tell you right now. Um, I'm, I'm as a program director, uh, we've supplied the mix up for all of our residents. Uh, and because I do so, I can see like how, how many questions my residents have done. And I can tell you, um, being halfway would be higher than, let's see, at 18, uh, probably 16 of my residents, right? Just, just to give you an idea. And, and it's crazy. Like it's, so you'd be surprised, like you're actually a lot further along um, and when you think about it, but again, you don't want to think about like in the comparison, you're just like, all right, versus where I want to be, is this kind of the pace where I want? So, and that, and that's really what we've been stressing, uh, just making sure she's pacing herself. Um, so, you know, because we don't want her burning out over questions and study guides and books and everything else, cause there's so much stuff out there, uh, to, you know, to, to get inundated with, right. And we don't, we definitely don't want that. We want her to be super confident. Cause when that test does come around, uh, she kills it. And then she doesn't have to worry about it for another 10 years. Yes, because this is not a test I am wanting to retake by any means. You know, they say the uh, I am boards is one of the hardest boards exams across the board. No pun intended. Um, but literally, because it's so all in con- like, you have to know everything about everything. Yep. Um, and so it's definitely, you know, it, it's definitely doable. I want to let people know that the questions is you know like any other board questions you may have or licensing um they're not meant to trick you um so if you study you know that you'll be able to answer them Mm -hmm. it's just making sure that you get through the material um and solidifying again what you know 
Um, but I'm still there, a work in there, progress. There's definitely, there's definitely nothing worse than not getting through the material, uh, taking a test like that, and then looking back at your material like, wow, that was like the next chapter. Like if I thought I just read that chapter, I would, like that's like the worst feeling whatsoever. Um, so what we will, what I will be telling her is that once she's done and once she's ready to take that test, and you know, you know, don't go back looking and say like, what was this answer? Was the answer? Just you got to be like, ah, take a deep breath because you don't want to beat yourself up over something, especially when you don't know the exam results. Yet. So there's gonna be a lot of relaxing once that test is said and done. Well, I am notorious for that. I so. <laughs> God, I am so bad for doing that, like mm-hmm. self-sabotaging. Even in the middle, I remember like in-service exam and all this. And, you know, in between each section, I would go, like we would have the review books and I would flip through and mm-hmm. see if I got it right or wrong. Um, and I don't, I don't know why I do that every time. It doesn't, it doesn't help. It just kind of brings up your nerves. Oh, sure. Because um, in, in, in the test, you're just focused on either what you got mostly what you got wrong and then right. you can't think clearly about the um, right and right right so it's just a big jumble um i'm not sure do they allow you to i've heard mixed things you are allowed to have stuff in your locker for i guess i have to look it up um uh, for the abim or do you even sure. like I mean, that's, a, that's the aobim uh and like I, I don't think i had anything in my locker i mean i had stuff in my car um I don't remember if I had anything in my locker per se, but like I'm, but I'm, I'm also the type, you know, full disclosure, I'm the type that on test day, like I, I am not the one sitting in class reading a book. I'm probably like listening to music because I've already my setting has already happened Sunday night. Like, like once Sunday night hits, I'm getting a good night's sleep, and that's it. Like what I know, I know what I don't know. I'm not gonna learn it in the next twelve hours, anyways. Um, so I'm, I'm not the best example for that because I, I mean, I leave books at home. Like, there's no point in bringing it. I'm not going to look at it. I'm coming here. I'm coming to vibe. I'm listening to my music. And then I'm going to take this test. And then I'm going home. Like, that's how that's how I usually rock. So you recommend don't bring? You know, it's it's obviously from, from individual standpoint, you know, how, you know, maybe bring something, even if it's in the car, right, where mm-hmm. you, you can at least, like, especially when you have that lunch break and you have, like, an hour and change to kind of, like, decompress. Like, all right, let me just... Let me just shore up my rheumatology, right? Let me shore up the like. Let me just shore up these last, you know, these last tidbits before I go in there and knock out the rest of the half. So you can do that, like a sheet of a couple mm-hmm. facts or stuff that that. Okay, so yeah, maybe I'll do that. Just those, just like those, a, just those quick know. facts where you know you don't have to necessarily, um, you know, commit it to long term memory. You just need to know it for that test because uh, it's mundane, but it's mundane that they always ask for it, which is. Typical right. uh, in medicine boards, uh, in medicine board related questions. Yes, especially those antibodies, which mm-hmm. yeah. will be the right. death of me. Yes. <laughs> Rheumatology, I mean, good guy. Rheumatology is so funny because um, it'd be like, well, yeah, you can be ANA positive and have the symptoms, but you ought to be ANA negative and have the same symptoms. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what? no, that doesn't yeah. make sense. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. It's my frustration with rheumatology, but. I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm just, you know, yes. trying to go on the path of least resistance and learn what I can. I love it. I love it. What I can. So our next uh, section is uh, Dr. Williams, a future attending. And so this is one we, this is where, where we, I always have to, um, you know, uh, redirect and, you know, make sure she's going <laughs> in the right direction uh, for us because it can be, it, it will sneak up on you. I, I'm telling my, my third years right now, like, Hey, 
you you're gonna be graduating soon. I just want to let you know that. Like it's 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 happening. Like don't yeah. I know it may seem like a far away, but you're gonna look up, and you it's graduation time, man. We kicking you out. We kicking you out the door regardless. So you're not you're not staying here longer than the three years. <laughs> I know. Honestly, I'm like I want three. I mean, not three more years. I want six more months. Like it's you know one of those times to where you're like, oh man, I can't wait to be done, and then. The time literally flies by, Mm -hmm. like, goodness gracious. And you realize time is flying by. And we're already in February. We are already in February. And, you know, the fact that um, you are going to be the person who really is in charge, I think that that is one of the biggest things. And even down to, okay, I know how to discharge. Okay, I know when, you know, someone's ready to be discharged, but, yes. like, that setting in, like, oh, crap, like, you know, or the like, family I'm, I'm really going to be the discharger. Like, it's not even, uh, mm-hmm. like, oh, hey, I think this person's ready. They're like, well, if you're ready, put the order in. Like, it's, that's, that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yes. And, like, it's just, I mean, I guess everyone goes through this and it's nothing, you know, new, but just... <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you won't really gain your confidence as an attending. I've heard like it takes five years, three to five years for you to actually feel comfortable as a like not junior attending, you know, as coming out with junior attendings, but like actually in your management because you're constantly learning your medicine. You're not going to you have to throw away, throw away the idea that you after you finish residency, you're supposed to have no, you know, know everything. Um, no. So it's okay. Um, recognize, you know, what you know, what you don't know. You can look things up. It's not a test. And, um, you know, just be ready to continue to learn just like this in, in any other part of your training. Um, the job search process, I think, has been kind of a semi-rude awakening. I think, not to say it's a disappointment, but we all have looked forward to this moment, right? We're like, oh my God, I cannot wait. I'm be so happy and find look for a job. I can make all these demands, but you really can't. And I think <laughs> that people need to be realistic and, you know, I, I love you it though. Cause you, be we, like, it, that's really what it is. Like, like, Oh, okay. Okay. Like I had some thoughts yeah. and then reality came through and said, nah, let's, let's relax real quick. Real quick. Um, it is not, you know, you can make some that, yeah, everything's negotiable. Yes, it is. But you, I don't want to sound pessimistic, um, but you can't have it all. And I think the sooner you kind of come to that realization and seeing what's most important to you and then some things that, you know, are negotiable with you and your future employee or employer, I'm sorry. Um, or, you know, even if you work for yourself, you, you oh, yes. can't have everything. There's definitely pluses and minus, pros and cons of anything that you do, any job. Um, and so kind of, again, coming and putting on my big girl panties and realizing, you know, this is not, uh, you know, rainbows and unicorns or whatever, you know, analogy you want to put to it that, you know, this is, this is a job. Um, yes, you are going to be compensated for it, and it's probably going to be a little bit better than residency. Again, plus or uh, minus pros and cons. Let's learn community. I told her it better be a lot better than uh, residency. 
I hope so. I hope so. I mean, yes. I think the first with the first six months they say it's like the biggest adjustment period mm-hmm. to I mean, I don't know, you could tell me like what do you when do you first I think came I think out? one of the biggest things, especially as a resident for, for lunch learning community members who may not know, um, typically the the salary ranges, uh, depending on where you live at, between, I'll say, 48 to like 55, something in that range, right? Just it's that's kind of where that you'll you'll live at. And so imagine, you know, for three years, you're getting paid around that range. And then all of a sudden you graduate and now people are giving you numbers like 150. 200 a year two and then we're talking about thousands uh 250,000 like you're 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 seeing you're seeing almost three times the amount of money uh that you've seen over the past three years and if you're a medical student you likely weren't working so just imagine that magnitude of a salary increase that occurs and for a lot of residents um, especially as the future the future attending stage is getting mentally prepared for that uh most important uh because you know bills are coming um you know you know the I, I like to say uh, I like to say the lottery is about to hit, right? Because all of a sudden you're gonna, you're gonna make, you know, you know, let's say five figure checks, right? Something that you probably, you know, most most medical students, most residents are not used to making, um, and you have to be ready to like, you know, be able to deal with that type of money sitting in your account, um, especially because the bills are coming. Uh, I stressed before the bills are coming, the bills are coming, and by bills we mean student loans. If you have student loans, if you're not, lucky for you as well. Uh, so it's definitely something to really kind of get that mental uh, wrap around. But then I stress, and we we, we talk with Dr. Brooke. I say we, but it's me. Um, um, the <laughs> fact that we can't let money be the that like that golden carrot, right? That like leads us astray, uh, because a lot of people, a lot of a lot, unfortunately, a lot of jobs will do that, right? They'll they'll throw these crazy numbers because for you they are crazy numbers. But like, I, and we, she talked about her must have and must have nots. Um, and I told her that that was one of our first things as a future attending. I said, you need to make a list of what you're not going to want to do as an attending and kind of be bold right there. What you're not going to want to do as an attending. Like, I don't want to do this. I don't like if you don't have that, uh, then I can, you know, hit you with that shiny carrot and then you'll just take it. And then all of a sudden you're doing things that you like you hate do hate doing for like two, three plus years. True. True. I mean, OK, so. I guess to get down and down and dirty and stop mm-hmm. talking superficial. So yes. I have a job interview um, in North Carolina um, for uh, the audience purposes. I actually have a loan slash scholarship of the state of North Carolina. They gave me $60,000 over the span of uh, medical school in return that I go back and serve the state of North Carolina, people in North Carolina. Um, one year for each year that I resigned that contract, which was four. Um, so the total was 60 grand. Over the course of medical school and residency, it has been accruing interest at 8%. If I do not go back, I owe the 60 grand at 8% that has mm-hmm. been accruing. Mm-hmm. So the most logical and financially responsible thing is for me to at least go back and start working some of that um, debt down per se, or like my, my obligation that would turn to a debt if I did not go back. Um, I think someone calculated the math and I'm not a math person. So it would be about like 90 grand that I would be looking at um, paying back if I didn't. And again, that would be accruing interest. So they would expect for me to pay that back immediately. Um, I'm accept some type of payment plan. Mm-hmm. And so 
there are, you know, I could definitely work and save up some money, pay my way out of the contract. Because what I didn't realize is that usually where you do residency at, um, you'll end up, you know, kind of like in the place. I came to Chicago on a whim. I have no family here. I'm a Southern girl. And my first two and a half years, I hated it. And I was like, I can't wait to get back to North Carolina. So this <laughs> loan thing contract I signed was going to assure me I get back. And then now, lo and behold, I want to stay in Chicago. Nice. But I have an obligation. So whether, you know, it, it would have been my own doing and me going back to North Carolina naturally and saying, you know what, I still do want to go back home versus having a loan. It's a lot uh, better going back to your own terms. Um, so that means, of course, that's something that I have to learn and, you know, something I did. I don't necessarily regret it. They definitely did help with my, um, some of my student loans. But uh-huh. again, it's one of the sacrifices or things you, you learn from. Um, yeah, so it's with one of those my things that you job, do, right? So fi- when, yeah. when finances are an issue, right? It's one of those things where you're like, wow, it, it is a, it is a, a nice, nice, especially while you're in the thing and not having to think about like, wow, you know what? Ugh. I give them sixty dollars, sixty thousand poor, right? Having to give it out to loans, but like, I, at least I have this crutch there. So, right. so this job, right. when's this job interview going down? It's going down the end of February. Um, it is in a more rulish area, um, part time position because one of the things I didn't want to do was work nights. And right now, a lot of places are looking for nocturnists because most people don't want to work nights. Most most, um, most most residents don't want to work nights, so imagine <laughs> trying to get right, attendance right. to work nights. <laughs> right. So it's like no. So right now they have an opening for a part time day position. Um, you know the the salary is pretty. It's within at least ninety ninety fifth percentile. So mm-hmm. they're they they're compensating you very well um, or will be even at even at part-time even at a part-time position at part-time wow. yeah part-time what is what is part-time for the lunch learning community um so a hospitalist is uh one week since you have the month mm-hmm. um seven days um so you work 12 weeks out the year um and that's with me being able to bring in like you said you know six figures um and so some of the things you look at or what I looked at we talked about was non-compete. So that's something where basically you and your employer have a contract um, that states that you are unable to work with a competitor within a certain amount of time, a certain amount of radius. Um, if you decide to quit or terminate it for a reason, um, but this employer um, does not have a non-compete, which is a plus. Nice. Um, and I could do a one-year contract, which I was also advised to do. Most people coming out of residency, stay in your first job, what, anywhere from 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. You know, usually, you know, you try to figure out what you like, what you don't like. So one year, I think, would give me the opportunity to see if this, you know, something I want to continue to do after one year, you know, I've learned and now I want to do something else. Nice. So I think that that will be a good opportunity for me. And then also... My first year, I plan on staying with my parents, God help me, uh, for the first year to save money. Um, And even though, you know, I feel like it's kind of backtracking, every single person says, you would be crazy not to take that opportunity. I will have no financial responsibility. Let me tell you right now, 
If I could see <laughs> my mom right now and not pay this mortgage, I'd be right up in the house. Um, and because she, she, when she first said that, I was like, "Oh, nice!" Because I wish, trust me, I'm telling you. And I was, I, I was married. I didn't have a kid at the time. I, I would have gladly moved right back to my mom's curb if I could have. Uh, because again, it's like I said, the, the bills are coming, right? And if you can avoid one of the main bills, which is housing, right? Like if you can avoid that, if not only for uh, six months, eight months, a year, like like the amount of money that you can save, right? Is you know, I mean, make, make complete sense, right? You can save that money and then get your own house, right? And then you'd be like, wow, I wish I would stay with my parents again. So uh, yeah, no, we 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 right? definitely yeah we definitely had that chuckle about that, and I told her you don't got nothing to worry about, you don't got nothing to be embarrassed about, like it is. Like one, because a lot of people do it, right? A lot of people, a lot, there's a lot. There's and that's a what everyone why, keeps saying. A lot of people, a lot, there's a reason why a lot of people go back home, right? And, and it's because of that financial support that's there. Uh, and it could be indirect, right? Like imagine uh, if we had, like I have kids, right? And um, my mom stays five minutes from the house. My aunt stays like 10 minutes. Like, so I got family close. So guess what? Guess what I don't have to pay for? I don't have to pay for babysitters, right? And, and that's the thing where we, not, we, we might not have that direct cost, but like the amount of money that you save, you're like, oh, okay. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of different reasons people go back home and finances is usually number one. Uh, so that's what I said. I said, you're lucky. I said, you're in a, you're in a position uh, where you can do that. You know, so please take advantage of it for as long as you can until they kick you out. Okay. I'll try. I mean, listen, I, I am going to try for a year and, you know, I'll be able to travel and do all those types of things. It'll give me just, there's an array of benefits to doing that. So. Yeah, no, this, this week, a month is actually a, uh, and, and I'll bring the question because I know someone in my listening community probably could think about it, especially because you're, you're still thinking about Chicago, um, you know, you know, working once a once a week, uh, definitely could open up to opportunities to, you know, be, be working in Chicago if, if you wanted to do that as well, too. It, it would probably have to be in a, another part-time capacity, uh, but that, that is, right. uh, you know, that is something to think about. Now, with this once right. a week, uh, now, does that, is it the same week, like the same first week or second week? Like, how, how do they break down this once a week? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, that'd be a great question for me to ask uh, sure. when I did the interview, because um, and hopefully we can have one more quick session before I Almost do the interview, been. but like interview questions to ask, cause mm-hmm. you know, we go in there and look like, you know, a deer in headlights. Cause again, they're going to be putting that money up front and they know right. how to they lure know. people in. Oh, they know, they, they know, like I said, they know that money is nice. You go like, Ooh. And you go back, like right. um, <laughs> please move the money out the way so we can talk about the real business. Like let's like, right. you gotta, you gotta be very diligent. So no, yeah, we'll definitely, we'll, de- we'll definitely have, we won't we won't record that, but we'll definitely have um, you know just an interviews uh, discussion for sure. Obviously, I'm as a program director, um, as a fraternity member who I was the I was associate I was the state director. Um, I ran I've, I've been through a lot of interviews. Um, probably, oof, I mean, just program director alone, uh, seven eight seven eight uh, over over two hundred as a program director uh, in my fraternity. I probably. Uh, probably like close to 50. Uh, yeah, probably like 50 folks I've interviewed as well too. And um, it, the, 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 the framework is all the same. I'll, I'll say that the framework is all the same. Questions ain't all the same, but the framework is definitely all the same on how to have a successful interview. So we'll, yeah, we'll, I we'll definitely. And maybe we can do like a quick IG live session. I think sure. uh, questions to ask specifically for 
someone come out of residency um, and going to um, um, going to their first interview or second or whatever case may be is important because you know what what do you ask what are the things that you need to make sure that they that you know before entering you know making sure you have an attorney look over your Mm-hmm. you know your contract things like that and like you said how would my schedule be would it be the same week or right. would it also i don't Cause, cause, I cause that, that's, no it is a very good question because especially as because <laughs> i was already thinking like oh wow if i was working somewhere once a week like i could easily fly into that once a week do my job and then like fly out uh that's that's what i automatically started thinking once you said once a week um and then i mean again well we'll, we'll definitely touch more on it but like i, I definitely would want to know um, what happens if I do pick up an extra shift? Can, do I get paid the same rate? Right, that'd be another question I'm just thinking about. But like I said, we'll definitely do an IG live to kind of like touch base on that. Uh, so this is our first interview, right? So definitely, yeah, yay! Let's let's give a claps for that. Definitely excited um, for our thank first you, interview. Um, now, how far away from home is this? It's about a 15 minute commute. Oh, so nice. It's not too bad. Nice. So that's very 50 good. Like oh, five zero, not 15. Yeah. yeah. Say it again. Yeah, like five zero, not one five. Oh, 50. Ooh, 50 minutes. Okay. <laughs> no, yeah. That's about an hour. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're going to so, get a lot of, uh, you know, podcasts listening in and audiobooks and especially for that type of drive. But I'm pretty sure the money yeah. kind of correlates with it. So the money does. And my mentor actually has a condo. She actually works for um, that hospital as well. So, you know, worst case scenario, if I'm tired, I can always stay there, you know, do what I need to do. But I commute now. It's about 30 minutes. Okay. Um, and I know people commute, you know, day to day. People drive like an hour. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, the hour ain't out there. You know, we just, we just got to keep ourselves busy and productive during that hour. Well, two hours, really, because we got to to and fro. Um, for that standpoint. So, all right. So we're getting ready for our first interview. Ooh, yeah, definitely love excited about that. Now, what, what else are we doing as far as um, uh, on the job front? Like, where, where are we at as far as just kind of some of the different hospital stays and hospital uh, systems out there? So, um, I want to talk to you and just some, you know, anybody who has experience with locums, I was possibly entertaining that. And again, that has plus the minus. And locums is, for anybody listening, it's an opportunity for you to do um, uh, contracted work. Um, the pay is um, higher, but mm-hmm. it tends to not have, you know, insurance um, benefits, things of that nature. But with the part-time position I'm looking at, I would have full benefits. So for me, it would work out um, for that. Of course, I would have to make sure that the locums, I'm not sure, Dr. Pierre, if they have a non-compete with uh, working for other companies. Um, I'm not sure. No, no, I, no, I, know, um, I know several people who do locums and they work mm-hmm. locums for several different agencies. Uh, and so it's usually, it's, yeah, they'll have three, four different agencies that they're, that they're like, and it really is because like the rate is higher in this state with this agency versus that one. Um, some, some agencies have the contract with a certain hospital where others don't. And so it, it really, it definitely behooves you uh, to almost be like a free agent uh, in the sense in the locums world as well, uh, to be able to kind of maximize uh, your, your opportunity. And um, uh, a good, good friend of mine, Dr. Stephanie, uh, she has, and I'll put, I'll put her uh, link 
uh, in the show notes as well too. Like she has her own, she has, she does a locums course as well. So for any, especially for any residents who are itching and they're thinking like, you know, locums may be uh, something to think about. Like I'll, I'll definitely put Dr. Stephanie's uh, course information uh, in there. So I definitely re- would recommend her uh, to check out. And she, and she has a, she has a Facebook group. As well. If I can find her Facebook group, I'll make sure I put the Facebook group as well too, but definitely she has a course. That I think it should be, uh, you know, anyone who's interested in the locum should be definitely thinking about. And she actually reached out to me. It's funny um, because one of the other Mocha docs had recommended um, her to me. Oh, nice! So, yeah, see, um, I love I love this circle. The circles it's not it's not a big circle. So like oh, I'm thinking locum. Hmm, Doctor Stephanie. Yes, yes, and I mean maybe that would be someone good too. To you know, if we could do a podcast with her. Oh yes. Well. Oh, it's all right. It's done. That. It's done. I'm, uh, yes. I'm, I'm ready. Dr. Stephanie, if you're listening to this, uh, you're, you're getting an invite. Just let you know. Yes, we can do a three-way. You can use my <laughs> license example. Because, uh, I mean, I know, again, it's not a one-size-fits-all. There's different um, different strokes for different folks. And, you know, my situation may be different. And she may give me different advice rather than someone else who's been in the game for a little bit. And, you know, moving around at different hospitals, I'm pretty sure it's not the most comfortable because it's new every single time. So it's like, yes, you know, you're not comfortable with the people and stuff like that. So, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. But that would definitely like to have a session if you can make that happen, Dr. Pierre, that you can be a Dr. Hasty and okay. pull it together. Yes. All right. Perfect. Um, oh, I love it. I love that. Um, so we have job interview coming up. Um, where, so we're still applying to other places right now. We're in locums is also another. Now, will your locums be in North Carolina? Like, does it have to be in? It? Well, I'm assuming it has to be in North Carolina to satisfy uh, the scholarship. So, with the part time position, so the scholarship loan that I have, mm-hmm. when I spoke to um, the fells. Um, the name of the scholarship alone, they said I literally just had to serve the people in North Carolina that they had so much difficulty retaining people in the program that that was my only obligation. It did not say full-time, part-time. Okay. Because um, nice. I called them. So yeah, I've been kind of struggling with this. Yes, I would love to practice probably in Indiana versus Illinois just because I'm not practice. But um, if I did do local, say in Raleigh, um, and I was making you know, being compensated again well enough, I could fly to Chicago and still afford to stay in a hotel. I mean, I have plenty of friends here who I could stay with, but it would still put me in a financial position to be able to come to Chicago as I please. Um, So that might be something that I could look into instead of trying to force things up here. And if I just kept going back and forth and I found myself really being up here more than you know, I could look at, maybe I should look at to something a little bit more semi-permanent in uh, Indiana, Illinois, and Chicago land area. So. Right. Okay. All right. I Just trying it. to be open. Yes. Never say open. never. Never, never. It's, <laughs> I said I would it's, never stay in Chicago. Now right. I want to stay. So. Now, now you're like, oh, I want to go. I can't go. I can't go. And uh, and that's that's what I love, especially as, as a resident, you're about to finish your career. A lot of us think that we have to hit this jackpot right when we get out of residency, right? Like we have to hit the dream job right out of residency. If we don't hit the dream job right out of residency, we fail. That's not true. Like you said, a lot of people don't stay in a job past two to three years because they're like, you know what? I like this starting foundation, but I'm actually ready to go and 
kind of prosper. That's that's kind of how it turned up with me. I, I love outpatient medicine, still love outpatient medicine, but and I started with at Bethesda, but then this opportunity came and it was like, hey, you can be a program director. And I said, all right, Bethesda, kick rocks. See you later. Bye. And then I, I left, right? And it, it was, again, yeah, there were some there were some issues at Bethesda. I've talked about it before where I, I was glad I was leaving. Um, not necessarily glad that I was leaving the people I was working with, but just that corporate organization just wasn't uh, where mentally I needed to be. So not not knocking it out of the park on your first job opportunity isn't out of the ordinary. It actually happens a lot. And, you know, being able to say like, yep, yeah, nope, this is not for me. And that and that's when, again, we got to go back, go back to our foundation, say, like, all right, what am I must have? What am I must have nots? Right. And then once you start seeing that your must have nots start accumulating, that's when you got like, all right, I got to go. And, and, and this and that's a fluid list. Like You may get there and say, you know what? I may want to start doing nice again. You may say something crazy like that, like that, that, that may, that may sneak into the mental. Right. And, and that's okay. Um, because we know that, you know, it's a lot, you're allowed to change it because you're one, you're a grown adult, right? And that's you're a grown adult and you're a physician uh, and you're allowed to do that. And you're in demand, regardless of what people say, you're in very high demand uh, for the position you want. Do you recommend, because, you know, people always ask, like, okay, you're talking to a recruiter or whoever it may be. Oh, so what is your experience like? Because they tend to definitely weigh that in, which, I mean, of course, you know, they definitely should. Do you think that that's something that um, is way up on the totem pole as far as being compensated? Or you think they're just trying to... Well, the compensation... It, dep- it was funny is that it really depends on how they're paying you. If like, for example, for, for those on the, let's say in a hospital setting, right. Where let's say if you're getting collections, right. Like you're getting paid based on the people, amount of people you see, and you get a percentage of that. Regardless of how much experience you have, you could come fresh out of residency. I could be out of the game for 10 years and if you see more people than me, you're going to get paid more than me, right? Because that's just the name of the game. So your, your experience really doesn't matter. Like it may, it may be justified when they start thinking about um, starting pay. Uh, but if your payment, if you're, the way your pay structure isn't based on how many years have been in this game. And I can tell you right now, a lot of, a lot of uh, corporations are moving away from it. They're, they're moving towards the, the, the setting of productivity, a.k.a. how many patients did you see? Uh, that, that whole year's thing is, is more fluff than anything else. But it, it usually, they usually do it to kind of establish a baseline and say like, hey, you just got a residency, so I'm not going to pay you more than 200 a year. Versus if someone was out for 10 years, they'd have to start out at like 240 and then work with the, the compensation on the back end as well. So it def- definitely varies on how you're getting paid. But it usually kind of like that's how they kind of finagle it. They say, oh, well, we'll just start you out of this. And then, you know, if you collect more, you collect more. I see. I see. Okay. So that's so that's that's so that's Dr. Williams, the future attending. Um, let's <laughs> let's let's talk about Dr. Williams, the nonprofit founder. Uh, last time we talked, um, you were doing a volunteer event at uh, Michelle Obama's high school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, 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 so how has it been um, since since then? Um, things have been going well. Um, I think that when well, I think we had a board meeting, um, and just to kind of uh, to, uh, give you guys a little background, mm-hmm. 
my co-founder, she is doing her postdoctoral at Northwestern, so she's still in training. Um, the board members, one is a ther- third-year neurology resident going into a fellowship, and the other one is a medical uh, student at USC. So we all are very fresh slash currently in training. So a lot of what we want to do um, has to kind of be scaled a little bit because we're full-time, we are still learning. Like we cannot operate as a lot of nonprofits would because that's their full-time job. Like a lot mm-hmm. of nonprofits, that's all they do. That is, you know, day in and day out. So we have to come to kind of a realization that we have these grand ideas, which is great. And hopefully we can achieve those one day. But right now, what can we do that's going to be the most impactful? That's not going to be watered down. Um, You know, we don't have that many members, but we can definitely most certainly do things within the community that will make a marker impact. So we decided to continue our table talk discussions, which all that entails is just going inside the classroom or doing community um, meetups where we essentially just talk about who we are, what we do, what we can offer people, whether that be them coming to shadow, um, you know, them getting our contact information and asking us um, a little bit more about how to get to where we are, um, or again, just you know, giving a word of encouragement. Um, so that has definitely been a um, a common uh, census amongst all of us on the board members and saying, you know, this is what we want to do for sure. Um, initially, we had, we wanted to do a mentee mentor program, which in the initial vision was a one-on-one program. Uh, like many people know, a one-on-one mentee mentor ship takes a lot of time on both sides um, a lot of dedication and not to say that we wouldn't be able to but I think where we are realistically um, would that come with the sacrifice of us taking away from where we are right now in our careers and trying to learn um, and not being able to present the best version of ourselves to someone else who's looking up to us so With all that being said, um, we have decided to hold off on that aspect, continue the mentorship as, you know, day to day, but not do one-on-one mentoring um, until one, we had more um, members within the organization and also our time. Um, Time is very valuable and we don't want to start something. And and, yeah. and and reason and that's why I kind of broke down Dr. Williams kind of in these four parts because I wanted her to be able to see just how many different hats she was wearing all at the same time. And a lot okay. of times when we're in the you know in the midst of the work in the midst of the action, we don't even realize all the stuff we're juggling. Uh, so I, I did. I, I, I purposely, when we first started, kind of say like, "Oh, well, let's do. You're this person. You're this person. Like, you, like I have to treat you like yes, you are four different people because really that we were actually more. Um, but you know, we didn't even go that far. I said like, mm-hmm. we'll just focus on these four here, um, just so she can kind of see like, oh wow, I do a lot because I think that's what happens too. Like you're you're we're we're too busy ripping and running that we don't kind of sit down and kind of even like appreciate 
the amount of work that we're doing. So, and you guys, you can kind of see just how much work she's uh, been doing just up until this point here. And remember, she's still a resident, right? She still hasn't even, they still haven't even cut her the big checks yet, right? She's still, <laughs> like, she's still got to, like, sign out to attendings. She's still got interns to look after. So she she hasn't even, like, been, you know, released a lot of her responsibility. Um, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, you have to kind of, like, kind of smell the roses now. So as you can see, she's she's putting in work, and and, tr- and trust me, as a as a, as a also a nonprofit uh, founder as well, I can I can tell you one of the things that you know we we set out early is to make sure we don't overburden ourselves because you never want you never want it to feel like work, right? You never want you right. know, your your service and you know what you're giving back. You don't want it to feel like work. You just want to say like, oh, I just love what I'm doing. And a lot of times, if you got too much stuff on your plate, that's that's what can happen. And then everybody suffers. You suffer, the mentees suffer, the organization suffers. So we, we don't want no one suffer. Right, right. No, I definitely, definitely take that to heart now. And I think that's essentially what we had to do and take a step back and say, you know what? What can we do well right now uh, with us four? And we, you know, we have an, um, a great... Um, advisor who is, you know, very well equipped to being on or being involved in nonprofit organizations. And, you know, she's not a helicopter mom, but she definitely does some great over oversight and, you know, tells us maybe we should think about it this way or, you know, just trying to make us come to realization. You don't have to do it all today uh, or tomorrow or next month. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's, I mean, kind of where we're at. We definitely are going to continue to be involved in with CPS and, um, actually doing the second part to our research that I got the IRB approved and using surveys to distribute to high school students to see where some of these gaps are within that are causing, um, students to not matriculate or specifically underrepresented students not to matriculate into medicine and STEM. So we have that aspect because um, I'll be part, uh, presenting the research in April at my uh, hospital's second annual research symposium. So nice. that's going to be another, yeah, like opportunity for us to get grant funding because it's a nonprofit, you know, we don't have funds. So we have to make sure that we are showing reasons as to why people should donate um, and what our purpose is and what they can see from that. So, you know, the, I did not, did not realize how much work a, not, a nonprofit takes. Like a lot of people throw around that, throw around that term <laughs> and it is, it's a full-time job. It full-time. is, yes. you know, full-time and you have to be fully invested in it. And the ladies, Desiree, I mean, hats off to them because you know we all work together with our schedules we come home we're tired we want to watch Grey's and well, I want to watch Grey's Anatomy or how to go murder whatever case may be and eat some food and go to sleep but you know we have board meetings it's the only time we have, we have to have board meetings during the week mm-hmm. um after work for you know several hours try to figure out what we're going to do next or it's just a lot of different things so you know it's a great opportunity I still love it it hasn't it's not become a job yet. Um, and I don't want it to, you know, become that just like Dr. Pierce said. So, exactly. right. 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 And, and I, I can say like, we've, yeah. we've had our nonprofit for, I think say 2019, 
So I think like five or six years. And the only thing, and and I think we purposely did it because, um, you know, I'm I'm a co-founder. Uh, my other co-founder, he's like a he's like a VP at Bank of America. Like he's just like he's a big he's a big he's a he's an even bigger shot than me. Um, then we have our executive director. Uh, he's just out Florida. Like so we so we have but literally the only thing we do is we give out a high school scholarship every year. Right? We haven't expanded. We haven't moved. Uh, in fact, and I take it back. We went from two scholarships to four. Like that was it. Because we just we just kind of know ourselves. And I and I I temper ourselves. Like hey guys. Like I hear all the stuff we want to do, but let's let's pump our brakes a little bit. Um, so you know we just have the one thing we do that one thing very very well, and we do it every year, and it's like clockwork. It's not work. We boom boom. We select some four folks and say, hey, here you go. You just won a, a scholarship. So I definitely um, agree with that, especially because obviously, you know, even Dr. Williams, if the attending right, is still going to want to be involved uh, with with her nonprofit. So it's not something that's going to go away. And, you know, once once I think we take off the the, monarch, the moniker of resident, we'll actually have some free time, some more free time, some more leeway, some more finances, right, to do some things that will benefit uh, the, the nonprofit, Dr. Williams, as well. Right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And then, you know, outside the nonprofit, too, I'm still building my brand. Yes. Um, next, you know, this is our next media. thing. Dr. Williams, the brand. Yes. <laughs> let's Let's talk about it. Let's talk, let's uh, so yeah, Dr. It. Williams, it's, it is evolving every day, you know, it's, it's, you know, I'm seeing what I like, what I don't like, things that I thought that I would really enjoy, like, oh my God, that looks so amazing. I wish I was able to do X, Y, and Z, and I get the opportunity, and I'm like, eh, you know what, maybe this is not what I wanted. It looks, it's different than what you see. Um, so it's all a trial and error basis. Um, I actually have an IG live session coming up with um, one of my big sisters slash uh, mentors, Dr. Benoit um, Milhouse. She's a urologist and um, one of the other physicians from a Facebook group, uh, gentlemen. Um, and we're actually going to be having a discussion the day before Valentine's Day. Cue the violence. Um, and we're going to be talking about <laughs> dating and relationships. Uh, for the young professional and that's going to be uh, part one and then we'll have a part two um, that's going to be talking about marriage and beyond um, so I think it'll be something good for especially around this you know time and again this kind of evolves around my life not to be kind of selfish but sure you know it's, no, it, I, it's, it's, the, not <laughs> so, it's not selfish to put yourself first yeah. I said, I said, yeah. I said, no, I said time it is not selfish with yourself first because if you don't, like, who's supposed to? Right, right. No, absolutely. Um, so, again, we'll be sharing, you know, some of our experiences and just it's kind of, I guess, like a therapy session. It's just talking. All right. So, we, so, so <laughs> where, where, where do we tune in for that? So, so the Lunch Learning community knows? So, you can tune into Dr. Brooke Ashlyn. Um, that is my Instagram name. We'll be going live on there. Um, and it'll be probably like an hour talk. People can access live uh, questions. Uh, we've actually, throughout the week, we'll be posting things on our stories to kind of get some audience teasers to see what people want us to actually talk about, where some people's opinions about certain things. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of going from there to be fun, lighthearted, um, and just kind of bring shed light to what we go through day to day. You know, again, we carry different hats, 
but our oh, personal yes. lives sometimes take a back burner because, you know, we have to sacrifice time away from what most people our age would be doing now. And I am the first person to admit it. Like, you know, I have been successful, I guess, on the career side, but not on my like personal relationship side. So I'm 30 now and that's something that I do want. I want to be a wife. I want to be a mother. So it's not really saying catch up because um, there's no really catch up to your own timeline. Your timeline is your timeline, but nice. that is something I know I do want out of life. So um, we'll just be talking about that and just the nuances and the plus and minus to being married before or during or after. And, you know, I'm sure Dr. Pierre, you can definitely speak on both those topics. I'm sure you dated, you had to sure. date uh, before you got married. So all of those things, um, the spectrum and mixed in with trying to be a physician or being a physician or being an attending or resident wherever you are in your training is is pretty difficult um and that's for you and your that's partner, gonna be so. that's gonna be that's gonna be a very interesting conversation because um there's so many different uh you know factors and levels and uh, so that's gonna be very so again lunch and community please 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 turn into that first one that's happening on the 13th, you said the 13th, right? Right, the day before yeah. uh, Valentine's, yeah. so 13th, Thursday. and then and then we'll find out when the next one because those are those are very interesting topics. And uh, lunch link can be it again because I'm in I'm in a lot of groups as well too. Like it's definitely something that does not uh, you know get brushed around. Like it, it, what's funny, uh, even with all of the you know the hats and the, the discussions that me and Dr. Williams had, Dr. Brooke has right. Like I know the personal is like this huge like elephant. Right. That I kind of have to balance it because I know the personal factors in a lot of the other things, the the resident, the future attending, the not uh, the, the branding in and of itself. And I know like, ooh, like I wonder how a personal life is. I don't ask her that, but I'm like, because oh, it, it has to be a factor, right? Yeah, like, I'll it's, tell it's you. Gonna, I'll tell it's, you. It's going to, it's going to, so we're going to get into that. We're not going to get onto it on the podcast. We're not going to be you and your business. Um, <laughs> but like, it is something that like I know affects every different level. Right. So it's so definitely I, I'm going to be tuned in uh, on the 13th. I'm going to be very interested, uh, you know, to, to hear, you know, people's take on it, because this is an extremely important topic that I unfortunately I don't think we talk about enough, um, you know, give or take, which is which I think is funny, uh, because, again, when we talk about wellness and mindset and being right, sometimes being, um, you know, having someone to talk to, being in a relationship like sometimes that kind of especially in medicine where we, we really need to decompress. Um, you know, we, some of our, a lot of our professions, again, I'm an attorney, I'm a hospitalist. Um, it is just as common for me to go to work, say good morning to someone and not be able to say good afternoon because they passed away, right? Like that's unfortunately a reality that I have to face um, with my job, right? So when, when, and a lot of us are in jobs like that, right? Where like your, your patient that you may say, be able to say hi to, you may not be able to say bye to. Right. The patient that you put in, the you meet in the ER, you admit from the ER may not walk out that hospital. Uh, so that is and it's very telling, um, you know, as medical professionals that a lot of times uh, our, our mindset and our wellness usually kind of gets put on the back burner because we're putting everyone else uh, in, in the front. And that's why that's why I made sure I stopped there and said, like, no, 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 it's OK to be selfish because you have to be uh, because no one else is going to be selfish. Uh, and no one else is going to put you first uh, until you do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, it's just one of those 
I think people look at, especially physicians' lives, like it's Grey's Anatomy, like, oh, let's see, you know, Dr. Richie, Dr. Redreamy, like, no, I'm sorry. I wish it was like that, you know, um, but it's not. No. So we'll, we'll definitely be dissecting this. And Dr. Rhea, I hope you're on there and be able to chime in. Sure, I sure. really wish we could do this as like a in-person live. Like, I feel like we need like a talk show, like a <laughs> sit down, you know, it's hard because people are going to be like trying to text or type out the, you know, the response. And yes, we're yes. going to have a lot of different people want to say stuff, but That's unfortunately, you know, y'all just be able to see us. And, but I think it, hopefully, you know, we'll never, we'll see what happens. Okay. Um, and people want to continue to hear things like this and, you never know who's watching, so I love it. who knows? This could take off it. somewhere. So and a real life Grey's Anatomy, real life Grey's Anatomy. I'm 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 100 with that. Um, last last time we talked, uh, especially because of, on, on the branding standpoint, you were doing something in Neutrogena. Like how did how did that go? Yes, um, that went well. That actually opened up doors for other opportunities. Um, I've like, had opportunities with Three to Nutrition, um, with the compression. Uh, stock company. Um, I've had opportunities with the hand lotion. Um, and, you know, other companies will approach you as a physician, as anyone in healthcare field, because of your mm-hmm. expertise. And as you're building your brand, you have to realize that you have an opportunity to say yes or no. Yes. Um, initially, you know, when I first started doing this, I was like, oh, I'll say yes to everything. But then you realize, not not necessarily that the brand is bad, but it may not be something that you want to represent. Right, that, fit, that like fits you. who you are. Correct. Yeah. And then Lunch Lane um, Community, just were, for full disclosure, Lunch Lane Community, when I started, uh, when we started having a discussion way in the beginning, like, because I asked her, right? Like, I said, like, oh, so what do you, what do you, like, how do you see yourself? Like, because it's very difficult to brand yourself if you don't visually see it. So we we saw her, as in lunch learning community, um, if you look at a profile pic, she's a very pretty woman, right? So it was very easy. Like I said, oh, and then we we, we stalked. We did a lot of stalking, right? Before we like went out yeah. and like, so we were, yeah. we, in fact, we still stalk to this day. So um, if you're yeah. on IG, we yeah. probably stalk you. We probably share your, your profile <laughs> to each other um, because because everything is about modeling, right? Like I said, we're not here to vet no wheel. Right. We're here to see like, oh, what is someone doing? Oh, I see what they're doing. And then we're just going to model that. And we're just going to we're going to look better doing it. And that's typically how we go about doing our things. Um, so it was very yeah. easy. Right. For us to like make adjustments for her and say, oh, no, I just I need you to do it. again. We're not going to talk about all the things because, again, it ain't, ain't run any child business. Right. Um, but like we, we, we definitely like set out a goal. And it was very interesting to see. Uh, the reaction that we got as quickly as we got it, which lets us know we're going in the right direction. Uh, we just, and I, I, I stress her, I stress her enough. And this is more of her, Dr. Williams being the doctor, right? Most doctors are so type A, right? They gotta be perfect. Gotta be like, you know, gotta be model, you know, run line ready. Right. And um, if we get straight, in fact, lunch on the community, uh, when you follow her, I want you to put on a comment, post more, right? Cause that's why I, I, that's one of my things. Yes. Every time I get to this section here, I say, uh, you need to post more. Now she be posting in her stories. I know she posts in stories because I get a notification every time she does it. So I see the <laughs> stories be happening, and I be looking for the profile pics, and she be lacking on it, right? So we just got her know. to post more, right? She, I, I told her like every mo- every picture don't got to be model like. We already know she looks good, right? We just need just go ahead, just post looking crazy when you go into you know rheumatology. Like we just we just we want to see that too, right? Because 
as a brand, right? You have to, what, what usually f- makes people fall in love with a brand and follow a brand is that they've been able to see multiple sides of that brand. Right. So they've been able to see like, all right, oh, look this side here. Oh, I love that side here. Oh, that's like they've been able to see all of that. So they appreciate it more. So we don't want to give them all of that top of the line stuff because we want them to appreciate the top of the line. Because once you start giving them nothing but top of the line, then they don't even stop. They stop appreciating. And we don't want them to uh, not appreciate that. True, true, true. No, absolutely. Um, like literally every time we get this section, I say like, oh, I wish you would post more. I know I need to have a contract with someone and just be like, I promise you I'm going to do this, this, and this. I mean, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult, but um, yes, I'm, I need to do better. I need to do better and sit down and, I mean, come up with some, I don't say content, because we kind of start to narrow down the target audience, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. Something, well, remember, and, and you know, of course, we'll, we'll give this free nugget out to the member. You are the content. Right. Like, so you go in the class is a content, right? You shopping at Target is a content, right? You go like you're the content. You make it right. Like no one, no one defines to us what content is. We just say what content is. We just say like, oh, no, right. I want to like I think today, today I posted a um, picture. Uh, you know, I took uh, my, my family, all of my, my younger siblings and my children to uh, Outback. Right. So I posted it. Right. And because I was like, say, you know what? I think you guys should delve into that. And then, of course, the likes happen. Right. So we we kind of define that aspect, especially in the brand. Like we, we, we allow ourselves to define. And then what happens is you don't get restricted, right? Because sometimes if you choose a, a specific way, like, oh, I, I'm going to only post when I'm in school, then what happens when you're not in school? Then you never post, right? So then you're, you're, <laughs> right, literally, right. you're literally like forced to go back to school to post something in the library. We don't want that, right? You want, we want you to be able to post in front of your crib, post at the restaurant, post in the store, post at school. We want you to be as open um, as possible. Um, and so what, what I will say, we will we'll give you one little tip, especially for those who uh, may be interested in, you know, especially from an uh, Instagram standpoint or just Facebook, whatever, right, is you should have kind of like four or five different models, right, where you kind of say, like, for example, for those who follow me on Instagram at Dr. Barry Pierre, right, like I have Dr. Barry, um, the, the, the family person, right, so you'll see family photos, Dr. Barry, the program director, you'll see me posting about program director stuff. Dr. Barry, the entrepreneur stuff. You see me posting about entrepreneur related stuff. And then Dr. Barry, the physician, right? So you'll see me posting about strictly like health related things, right? Like, so majority of my posts will center around those four pillars, right? So then that allows me to post whatever I want in those four pillars, right? Like, yeah, so I'm, I'm quote unquote restricting myself as far as the pillars are concerned, but because I have four different pillars, I'm allowed to expand and like, you know, kind of go in different ways. So definitely, uh, for you know the lunch learning community listeners who you know want to you know, help grow their brand, especially on Instagram, uh, that is definitely a way to do it. And really, again, the goal is post more, post more, and post more. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, we go back to doing our IG lives, but those are fun. Yes, um, I love IG live. I, I love this. But no, we've been, we've been slacking. We've been slacking. So, uh, and I, well, we gotta apologize to IG because we definitely was supposed to give them one. I think like last month or something. Like we, we'll, we'll, we'll take care. Of yes. That. <laughs> 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 No, we definitely we will definitely do that and uh, get back on to doing that. Perfect, perfect. So we are getting to the end. First of all, lunch learning community members, um, I want to really thank you guys for kind of rocking with us during this session, right? And again, lunch learning community members, uh, this is literally how we be talking. This is it literally kind of goes into this length and this talking because we really have to like you know because again when when you're have when you're when you have a true 
relationship, right? With your mentee, with your mentor, right? Like these conversations are very easy. Like it's, is that is, there's nothing you got to pull out. You're not dragging. Like it's no, it's very easy to kind of come out, come out and open and, you know, kind of talk because, um, once you care for that person, right, and you care for that person's well-being, right, you're going to make sure you do everything you can to get them in that right position. So, again, uh, Lunch Learning Community Managers, thank you uh, for, you know, for rocking with us. You know, this, I uh, think, we're going on about, oh, almost an hour, hour and a half or something like that. So, definitely, thank you for getting, and again, honestly, again, this isn't like us long talking just for this podcast. Like, this is literally how our sessions go. Right. No, absolutely. <laughs> like, I mean, we can we can talk for days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We can. Oh, when it was definitely, most definitely. Like, like. Well, sometimes we we will get stuck. Sometimes we'll get stuck on one of the sessions, and we'll just be, the majority of the time just stuck on that one section. Because um, again, really, we're trying to hit home uh, that level of importance of uh, you know making sure the, the the whole person is taken care of. Uh, so that's that's definitely yeah. the thing for us. So, Doctor, yeah. please tell people where they can find you, stalk you. Uh, love you. Uh, let, let's 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 let people know. Let's let people know how they can get in touch with you. Um, yeah, most certainly. You can uh, definitely follow me on Instagram at Dr. Brooke Ashley. That's D R B R O O K E A S H L Y N N, as in Brooklyn. Um, on Instagram, um, you can follow me on Facebook. Um, still the same handle, Dr. Brooke Ashley. Um, do and feel free to always email me as well, Dr. Dr. Brooke Ashland at gmail.com. Um, and of course, Dr. Pierre will post my contact information. So, anyone who has any questions, concerns, or just you know wants to chat, feel free to reach out. Perfect, perfect. Like I said, uh, again, thank you for uh, you know, being a willing participant and um, you know, really, you know, telling your story live right and telling your story out for the world for you know you know many people to hear uh because but again i think it's so important and a lot of times uh when we when we don't see what a good model of uh, you know uh, the, the of this type of relationship is right we don't know uh, how to look for it right so again thank you for allowing yourself to to be open uh for our lunch and learn listeners no oh, thank you for having me it's been a great session and you know you really Every time we talk, I'm like, oh, yeah, I do need to be doing that. <laughs> so this is great. You know, piss all out of the table. We hope, you know, a lot of times you like try to hide stuff, but it's, you know, we put this all out on the table. So it's, it's much needed. I really appreciate you and thank you for continuing to work with me. Perfect. And, and let's learn community members. Uh, we will see you guys next week again. Like always, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, five stars. Uh, follow Dr. Brooke on all of our social media platforms. Like I said, it will be, do not spam her email. Uh, don't do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but please follow her, uh, show support. And again, thank you. Thank you for getting to the end of the show. I am your host, Dr. Barry Pierre, host of The Lunch Learner, Dr. Barry. And this is another amazing episode that we like to bring to you week after week on betterment of empowering yourself for better health today if you have not had a chance please go ahead and subscribe to the show if this is your first time listening if you already listen and you've already subscribed make sure to leave me a five-star review because your support is absolutely important in keeping the show moving as it is and if you have not had a chance and you want to check out today's show notes always head over to lunchlearnpod.com that is lunch 
learnpod, all in one word, dot com, and you can get the access to my show notes for every single episode, but especially the one you just listened to. And I'm going to see you guys next week. You guys be blessed. Bye.